Welcome to Your DIY Health Radio here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network and simulcasting on Spreaker, Jitsi, and Free Conference Call. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. This program is meant to provide natural healing information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. And when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do it yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And if you uh, take a look at that, there's lots of information there, including, uh, oh, goodness, we got downloadable flyers and brochures. There's a link to a YouTube playlist that has almost 140 videos talking about the technology, how it's used, and uh, testimonials of people all over the world that have life-changing, miraculous results using these things. And there's also testimonials of people that had uh, life-changing results uh, building a home-based business around them. So whether your needs are financial or physical, I encourage you to check out the uh, iTeraCare device because it can uh, help you in both areas. Check that out. And um, while you're there, uh, you can also click on the link that uh, goes to the dedicated website for the device and uh, has more information, more testimonials, and the Order Now button. And if you check that, uh, you'll get to a point, just follow the prompts, and you'll get to a point where it has amount and remarks. The amount, if you're in the United States, is $380. If you don't put anything in there, it will charge your card $1. And then you'll have to go back through the whole process again and put in another 379 So make sure that you put 380 in the amount box and your name goes in the remarks box. Your name goes in the remarks box. Those are the two biggest things to remember. If you do those, just take your time, follow the prompts, and everything will be perfect. Nobody will get hurt. And in two to three days, you'll have the wand in your hot little hands, and you'll be happy as a clam from there on. And uh, just check that out. While you're on the main website, be sure and hit the radio shows tab. And at the top of the page is the link to the archive page set up to castbox.fm. Almost 1,300 shows up there now. Uh, annotated via as to what we talked about. They're shareable via email and social media. And uh, they're just uh, lots of good information there. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. 
Uh, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the T- True Frequency Radio Network, Jitsi, Spreaker, Free Conference Call, their owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as a link to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence to make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. All righty then. That being said, I uh, logged into the TFR uh, back office this morning and um, happened to check the chat room, and apparently nobody's been there uh, since yesterday at 11.46 a.m., which would be when one of my replays was playing. Just a note, I'm only live on Tuesday and Thursday, assuming the platform is functioning properly. Last Thursday, I think it was, we could not do it because nothing was seemed to be working. It seemed to be dead in the water. So uh, they got it fixed over the weekend. And uh, yesterday was a uh, replay being played, but somebody in the chat uh, named Don Bueno um, made this post says hey so i'm an alcoholic who recently quit and went to the doctor and discovered that i have an insane high blood sugar like 359 on friday Woo-hoo! and have some loss of feeling in big toe what do you suggest long time listener first time chatter talker or asker did not take the vaccine thank you in advance all righty don bueno um well it's tough to say based on just that information but um Keep in mind that everything I'm about to say is pretty much based on your body weight. Um, but Longevity has what's known as a healthy blood sugar pack, which is uh, four products. It's the Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the EFA Plus, and uh, the Osteo FX, and a product called Sweeties, which is the secret sauce, as it were, for blood sugar metabolism. And I would recommend one of those per 100 pounds of body weight per month um for starters if you have loss of feeling in the big toe one of the best things that can help with that and will also help uh uh good potentially help with your blood sugar is the iteracare device um, which we just talked about at the beginning of the show the iteracare wand does not do anything to cure anything i gotta say that right off the bat it is not a medical device it is a home electronic device that just happens to put out terahertz level frequencies that are the same frequency range that your cells resonate at when they're healthy and people have had their blood sugar go down using these devices they have also experienced uh, relief from peripheral neuropathy which is what you're experiencing in the big toe uh, simply by using this device and it's in many cases almost instant but generally within uh, less than 24 hours you've got uh, sensation back. Tingling goes away, the burning feeling goes away. And um, so that's something else that I would recommend. Um, you're welcome to contact me. The uh, The contact me information is on my website. Again, that's your, Y-O-U-R, D-I-Y, like do it yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. Uh, click the uh, contact me button. You're welcome to give me a call, and I'd be more than happy to discuss all of this over the phone. There's no charge for any of that. All you got, the only thing you pay for with me is the products. 
And I don't know why I'm getting all these notification blips coming through my system right now, but it's very annoying. And I'm going to have to see if I can't rectify that during the break. But, um, yeah, uh, blood sugar is an issue. 359 is, uh, that's pretty stout, um, but you can get it down. Dr. Wallach had a guy who had uh, uh, blood sugar way above that. And this guy was the owner of one of the top biomedical labs in the country. And he had tried everything and nothing was working. And he went to Wallach and said, basically, you know, if you can get this down, I'll be your best buddy. I'll fly you around in my private jet. I'll show up unannounced and give testimonials at your meetings and all that good stuff. But if you don't, I'll be your worst enemy. I'll dog you everywhere you go. I'll tell people that you're a quack and a fraud and all this junk. Doc said, okay. <laughs> Didn't hesitate for a second. And uh, within 90 days, his blood sugar and A1C were back to normal. Um, it's very, very doable, assuming you're type 2, uh, which is more than likely the case. Uh, type 1, totally different uh, beast. It's baked into the cake. It's a nutritional deficiency when your mom was pregnant. She didn't have the nutrients necessary to produce a healthy functioning pancreas in the baby. And because of that, the baby is pretty much reliant on uh, uh, insulin, injectable insulin for the rest of their life. But you can still have a pretty decent lifestyle if you do things properly. On the other hand, type 2 is a totally different thing. It's a nutritional deficiency in the individual. And basically, it has um, it deals with the uh, cell lining or the cell membrane, excuse me, uh, which used to be what was known as a semi-permeable membrane. Uh, if you remember from your fourth grade biology, which, well, at least when I was in fourth grade, they taught that. Now I don't know what they're teaching. <laughs> fourth grade now is probably all about he's and she's and it's and there's and pronouns and all that kind of crap. But back in the day, in the 60s, when I was in fourth grade, um, they actually talked about semi-permeable semi membranes, which allows the sugar or glucose in your bloodstream to pass through the cell wall into the cell where it would be metabolized properly to produce energy. And um, what's happening in a type 2 diabetic is you don't have the nutrients necessary to keep that cell wall semi-permeable, and it becomes more like cardboard. And when we put the nutrients back, the 90 essential nutrients plus the uh, sweet uh, sweeties, which is the um, secret sauce per se, um, the cell walls go back to their normal state of semi-permeability. And at that point, the cells are then able to metabolize blood sugar properly again, and things go back to normal. So um, I can give you a complete protocol if and when we talk, uh, which will make things a lot uh, easier to do. And um, But uh, by all means, I encourage you, if you get this and listen to this, sorry I missed you yesterday because it was a recording, but um, if you have a chance to check out this replay, either now or in the future, um, I hope that you'll be able to get a hold of me and um, see if you can't... Uh, We'll work something out. We'll get you set up. So anyway, that's uh, I would recommend a twofold approach: um, the uh, 90 essential nutrients, the healthy body healthy body start pack, which includes the 90 essential nutrients plus the uh, glucogel, or excuse me, the uh, sweeties, which is the secret sauce for blood sugar metabolism, 
And uh, one of those per hundred pounds of body weight, uh, or 150, you know, it, it's it's a you know it's we can usually you know cover up to 150 pounds with one for but for the best results, 100 pounds is the best way to go. But it can get pricey if you're uh, larger, uh, unfortunately. But that's that's the case. You know, the bigger you are, the more nutrients you need. That's all there is to it. Um, you may see some results doing a lower uh, volume dose, but uh, it will take a lot longer and it will become frustrating. So I would recommend, if you can, any way possible, do it per 100 pounds and get yourself an Itericare wand, which uh, will definitely help with the uh, peripheral neuropathy and will also uh, enhance the action of the um, nutrients and get you going back towards a healthy blood sugar level uh, much, much more quickly. So hopefully that helped. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you if you can get this and uh, give me a call or send an email, whatever the case might be. All righty then. If you've been with us for very long at all, um, I've been doing a series (laughs) on why I am 100% anti-vax and why you should consider doing likewise. And um, Thursday was part 15, and today, (laughs) at least starting out, I'm not sure if we'll do the whole show or not. We're basically running out, but today's uh, at least starting out as part 16. And uh, I never thought that I would have, uh, well, right now, 30 hours of shows strictly on being against vaccinations but uh, if you've listened to any of them you can see why um probably could do 30 more i'm not going to (laughs) but um it's just a sad situation where people will say there's nothing out there that you know says that uh, vaccines aren't safe and effective and they're they're good and all this stuff well how can i talk for 30 hours plus if there's nothing out there the interesting thing is people will only see what they want to see sorry about that bump the mic uh, boom Um, you can have all that information right in front of you and if you don't want to see it you won't that's an unfortunate situation that, uh, and it's not just the situation with vaccines, but virtually anything on, in, it can be at all controversial. This is the same way, you know, whether it's uh, people who like or don't like Trump, people who like or don't like Biden. Um, the pro-Biden people are as blind as they could possibly be. But the pro-Trump people are as well, (laughs) you know, and that's a a sticking point with me because I cannot support somebody who is responsible for Operation Warp Speed and brags about it and says how uh, it saved millions and millions of lives, which is a total lie. It took millions and millions of lives, and we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg right now. In the next two to five years, we're going to see many, many, many more millions of lives ended or destroyed because of Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed. And I know he didn't set it up personally and all this other stuff, and he was lied to, 
you could say that all day long. The guy has access to the internet. The guy's not stupid. If he wanted to, he could have found out all the information he needed to know that this thing was a total farce. People sent, you know, I know for sure, Dr. Robert Martin sent complete series of documents to his people who either withheld it or put it on his desk and he ignored it one way or the other. But he had the information available to him that would have shown him all the information he needed to know that this whole thing was a, a huge farce. And yet he continued on and to this day brags that the, the vaccines are safe and effective. And well, I don't they're not vaccines. They're the bioweapons are safe and effective. And uh, he's taken them and he's been boosted and all this other stuff. And that's nuts. But the thing is, is his supporters are willing to totally overlook the fact that he was complicit at the very least, if not responsible for the deaths of millions of people who took these things because he said they were good. And they still want to make him president. So that's that's cognitive dissonance at its highest level. So it's on both sides of the aisle. You know, I'm not talking just against the, the demon rats, but the the Republic rats are just as bad. So anyway, the sad thing is the information's there. And I keep going back to Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. And again, that verse tells us exactly why we are seeing so much childhood cancer. You know, just over the weekend in uh, the Columbus, Ohio area, northeast Columbus, there is a bicycle event called Pelotonia. And it's pretty much been the bane of my existence for the last 14 years that it's been around. Because routinely, the route for that thing goes right up my street on Sunday mornings. And the people are rude. And this, this is what I see with bicyclists in this day and age. Generally, overall, not all, but generally speaking, bicyclists in this day and age, I don't know if they go to some kind of indoctrination center where they teach them to be as rude and overbearing as possible, to disregard people's property, to uh, act like they own the road, to refuse to move over when a car comes along, uh, all these kind of things that happen. And it's especially sickening to me because when I was younger, I was a cyclist. I've ridden up to 300 miles in one day. I've ridden the, the tour of the Scioto River Valley, which is a 110 or 210 mile trip from Columbus to Portsmouth and back on Mother's Day. I've ridden that five times. I've ridden the Midwest Double Century, which is 200 miles in 24 hours or less, twice without training for it. We just decided, hey, let's go ride it. And the second time I rode 300, we got done with it and said, well, let's just keep going. So I rode 300 miles in 24 hours, or actually less, it was about 17. And when I was riding my bicycle, we obeyed all traffic laws. We stopped for, for signs, we stopped for red lights, we used proper hand and arm signals. 
We went single file when there was another car coming behind us. We didn't act like we owned the road. Um, we were law-abiding citizens. And in this day and age, I have yet to see that in norm, you know, common day cyclists. Most of them go right through red lights without stopping. They go right through stop signs without stopping. They just act like they own the road and the rules don't apply to them. They throw trash in my front yard. One year, my wife got so mad, she bagged up all the trash and went back down to the, uh, the park, which was about three, two and a half miles or so from our house where they were organizing all this, went up and dumped it on their registration desk. I'm just returning all this stuff. What do you mean? You can't do that. This is from all your cyclists who I watched throw this crap in my front yard. If they're going to do that, I'm just returning it to you. And she just dropped it in their lap and walked away. <laughs> and I, yeah, I can't blame her a bit. You know, I, it, I wasn't home at the time or I'd have done it, but you know, the, the mentality of these people in the first place is just flat out rude. And oddly enough, the reason for the ride is to raise money to find a cure for cancer. Something has been done over and over and over for years. There's hundreds of cures for cancer, but oddly enough, none of them come from the allopathic medical community because drugs are, will never cure cancer. Well, I got to change that. There is one drug, fenbendazole, <laughs> which is a dog warmer, has been proven to kill cancer, all kinds of cancer. But because it's approved for canine use and not approved for human use, even though the medical community has known about it for years, they will not tell anybody. They'll probably use it themselves if they get the chance, but they won't tell anybody about it. And that's utterly disgusting where they know that this stuff works. It's been shown over and over again to cure cancer, but because it's not approved for human use, they won't talk about it. Why? Because there's no money in cures. And that's the thing that really annoys me more than anything else. I wanted to set, get a big sign made up and just put it in my front yard and sit there and wave at people as they go by that basically said, you're wasting your time. You're throwing your money down a rat hole. Cancer's been cured. Go home and have a nice life. Don't waste your time with these idiots that are pushing you to do this stuff. You know, if you want to go ride your bike, go ride your bike. But the other thing that makes me mad is when, uh, when I was cycling, basically, if we came to a red light or a stop sign, we stopped. And this group hires state highway patrolmen, city police officers, county deputies, and stations them in through street intersections and basically pays them to violate their oath of office, which is to support the Constitution of the United States, the state of Ohio, and to enforce and support the laws and ordinances of the state or the political subdivision, whichever, you know, if it's a city. So basically they're, they're violating their oath of office for money. And last year I was coming home from church and I had, I was on a through street and had the right to proceed. And there was a county deputy or a state trooper, I can't remember which station there, 
and the cross street had stop signs. And unfortunately, the cross street was part of the route for this bicycling event. And there was somebody on a bike about a quarter mile north of my position on that street. The trooper or deputy, whoever it was, caused me, made me stop when I had plenty of time to get through there before that turkey ever got to me, made me stop and sit there and wait until they putzed along, covered a quarter of a mile, which is not fast on a bicycle in most cases, at least it wasn't for this person, and made me wait until they went through and then a few other people behind them went through when I, I could have gone through and a dozen other cars could have gone through before that turkey ever got there in the first place. Just an absolute annoying situation, totally unlawful, and it's just one more thing. You know, when we were, you know, the, the, the tour of the Scioto River Valley, at least at the time, was the largest bicycling event in the world. Um, back in the uh, 70s when I rode it, the start, you know, basically they had, they started out, they had an organized start. They would have everybody meet on the state house steps and they'd take a great big photograph of everybody. And then they would have an organized uh, start where everybody would get on their bikes, hit the street and ride. And for that organized start, because there were 5,000 people on bicycles, plus they would, you know, my last time I rode, my number was 56 something. So it was almost 6,000 people. They would have the Columbus police do an escort. They'd have motorcycles at the beginning and guys blocking track just to get us the heck out of town because we were going straight, straight down Route 23, which is the main road going down through the center of Columbus. So they would, you know, the city would do that. It wasn't something that we were paying for that I was aware of, but the city did that just to get us out of the town safely. But once we got out of town, we were on our own. And if we came to a stop street, we better stop. If there was traffic coming, we get that rundown feeling. There wasn't a deputy stationed everywhere to make sure that we could get through, you know, break the law. And uh, somebody else would have who had the right to use the road would have to have their rights violated in the same process. Well, that's it for this break. I'll ramble on some more on the other side. <laughs> Stick with us. We'll be back with more of your DIY help in three minutes. Take care. We'll be right back. to get it all back they say we'll legalize your drug deal but you gotta give us lots of check well wake up you're being screwed pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude they don't care if you live or you die long as they get that piece of pie my 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 don't care if you live or you die my, my. And welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the True Frequency Radio Network. And I just realized that I need to recut that uh, ad that they played because <laughs> it's uh, only one day Thursdays and the wrong time, which was the original. I was 9 to 11. And, of course, we're doing 10 to noon now. That was at Chris Geo's request several years ago. 
let me sleep a couple, another hour. So I'd like that. Um, and we're doing Tuesdays as well. Uh, so once Chris gets the network redone and everything's up to par and back to normal again, I will recut those ads and have the right times and everything on there. But before the break, I was ranting about um, the uh, Pelotonia bike ride here in the central Ohio area. Um, it's like the first weekend of August or something like that every year. They changed the route this year, so it didn't apparent, apparently didn't go up my street, although it was uh, it went by the, the street, which is right across from uh, where our church is located during our interim time. We sold our or left our old building that we were renting and bought a piece of land and are working on building. But in the meantime, we've got another building we're using. And it just so happens that when I was going to church Sunday morning, uh, I passed the staging point, and of course, they had uh, put cones down the center of the road for some reason um, at that point, and a highway patrolman was in front of me and just flat out stopped in the right-hand lane. Uh, so I was forced to go around him <laughs> in order to keep going where I needed to. And then when the event started, I started seeing bicycles coming up this road uh, right past the cross street that our church was on. Yeah, but we could see him from the front porch of the church. And everybody that came in that morning, <laughs> those bicyclists, you know, stupid people trying to pass people on a, on a blind hill. You know, you can't see what's coming on the other side. You go left to center and to into oncoming traffic that's on the other side of the hill. Um, our pastor about took somebody out because she was stupid enough to do that. I mean, these people, you know, and they're riding three and four abreast and will not move over um, when someone's behind them. You know, you get a car behind you, you know, you're impeding traffic. You're going slower than the posted speed limit. You're supposed to move over and let the faster traffic go by. These people won't do that. They just mean, you know, they monopolize the whole road and force you to go left to center around them. And I'm quite honestly, I haven't heard, and I don't listen to the local news, so it could have happened. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, there were some people who got run over. Um, and that's the, the mentality. These people think that they've got a force field around them, that they can do anything they want in a two, 3,000-pound car, can't touch them. I got news for them. <laughs> There has never been a situation where, the, where a bicyclist won a fight with a car, <laughs> and there probably never will. And on top of that, uh, later that day, I had to run down the, into town to the bank, and on my way back, they have these sag wagons. You know, they've got big signs of flashing things along the road, you know, watch or expect bicycle traffic and all this kind of garbage. And they have what's known as sag wagons, which are vehicles, in this case, who were little SUVs, that people would drive to, uh, they might have um, bicycle repair, you know, like tire changing equipment and uh, junk like that, or they would pick up somebody's bike, throw it in the back end and drive some somewhere because they couldn't finish the ride or something. Well, there was two of them and they were stopped. They were going in opposite directions on a one, or it was actually three lanes. You had a turn lane uh, and a straight lane on one side, but a single lane on the other. And 
there was quite a bit of traffic out, and two of these guys were opposite directions, stopped in traffic, holding everything up, talking. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. And this one guy was right in front of me, and they were sitting there yakking. I finally hit the horn. I said, get your butts out of there. You know, that's, you know, the mentality of this whole thing was just absolutely disgusting. I said, if you're going to have an event, do it right and do it in a way that doesn't make the rest of the city hate you. <laughs> and these people have done everything. They, they figure, what could we do to make things as smooth and as easily accepted by the general public as we can? And they did the exact opposite. And they always have. Not to mention the fact is the, the, the reason for the thing in the first place, finding a cure for cancer and allopathic medicine, give me a break. And their logo is like an arrow pointing in one direction. And it says one direction or one, um, one goal or something like that. And it's, you know, to cure cancer. Guess what, you idiots? It's already been done. And it will never be done by the people you're flushing money down their toilet. You know, simple as that. So that's my rant. <laughs> and the other thing, of course, they did it on Sunday when they ought to be in church, you know. If they want to do something good, get off your freaking bike, go into church and pray that the Lord will uh, put an end to cancer. That would be far more better. <laughs> it would be much more productive and you wouldn't be torquing off the rest of the public that way. But they're not going to do that either. Anyway. So back to this whole thing, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge and children with cancer. I've said this over and over again over the years. When I was a kid in school, I knew one person in all my time in school, 12, 13 years from kindergarten through 12th grade. I knew one person, she was two years ahead of me, is in my sister's class, who had leukemia. And she died, I think, in her junior year, if I remember right. Beautiful young lady named Claudia. And um, Claudia Roars, just a to remember her but she was the only one in my town that i was aware of and uh, that i ever bumped into that had any kind of cancer today look at what we have we have hospitals that are designed nothing for for nothing but treating childhood cancer Used to be if you had a child with cancer, physicians would fly from all over the country to see this child and find out what was going on and see what was being done and that kind of thing. Now, childhood cancer is no big deal <laughs> if you got it. But to the medical community, yeah, we don't have to fly across the country. We can see it all right here in our own town. And I guarantee Every kid in those in those hospitals with cancer, are they up to date on their shots? Oh, yeah, we got them all their shots. Hmm. Not a single uninjected kid with cancer. You would think that somebody would take a look at that and start asking questions. Why is it the only kids in cancer hospitals have all had their childhood jabs? And there's none that have been un, uninjected. Hmm. There's something to ask questions about. You know, I don't think any studies have been done, but I would venture, I would be willing to bet my next pension check 
every single kid in these things were totally up to date on their shots. And because we have forgotten God's directions on how to maintain proper health, he's also going to forget our children. And look what's going on. People say, why would a loving God allow this to happen? He told us in his own word what's going on. All you got to do is read it and understand it and act on it. But people won't do that. You got Ezekiel 47, 12. By the river, upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat or food, whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. Medicine. Hmm. So in other words, we're supposed to get our food and medicine from the trees, the plants, and of course the animals that eat the trees and the plants. And we're not supposed to get Franken foods that have labels that have so many words that you can't even pronounce and medicines that come from the pharmacy which practices pharmacia the root word of pharmacy being pharmacia which is witchcraft and sorcery and if you look at what the bible has to say about witches and sorcery not good suffer not a witch to live <laughs> And yet, we've got them all over the place with MD at the end of their name. Imagine that. We've hicked our cart to the wrong horse, which has pretty much been done over the eons. You know, that's how George Washington ended up dying. And, you know, the MDs said he had bad humors and we needed to bleed him. So they basically bled him to death. And before that, it was, oh, you need more mercury <laughs> and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then, of course, the end of the 1700s, early 1800s, you have Edward Jenner, the father, the, the, the Anthony Fauci of the day, pushing his witchcraft and sorcery in the form of vaccines and started killing thousands and thousands and thousands of people back then. And the doctors of the day who had the character to stand up and say, this is nuts. We're doing just that. Talking about what a quack he was. People wouldn't listen because of course he did the same thing they do today. You know, that's where the, the whole process began was getting the wealthy elite the media of the day and the politicians of the day get them on board so that they can make money from the process and you got them hooked and if the politicians are making money if the drug companies are making money if the uh, advertising companies and the media of the day are making money the worst thing on the planet will all automatically become the most wonderful safe and effective thing out there 
and be mandated by government. And boom, there you are. And now it's just even more advanced because now everything's done electronically. <laughs> so you can get more people on board, make more money, kill more people. And it's still believed to be safe and effective by the vast majority of the population, the generally dumb public. And there we are. But during that time, millions have died. Not one illness has been done away with. But that doesn't stop the propaganda machine from telling everybody that all those nasty, deadly diseases are gone because of vaccines. And people just believe it. You know, of course, doctors are you know, you know, told that in medical school, not given any proof to it. They're just told that, you know, vaccines are safe and effective. If it wasn't for them, we'd have all these childhood diseases. So give them to every kid that comes through your door regardless and uh, don't ask questions. Uh, and don't let anybody say no. And we'll make we'll give you lots of money if you have at least 85 to 90 percent of your childhood or child age uh, clientele vaccinated. And if you don't, you won't get squat. And then you have all these doctors pushing these things for one reason, one reason only, because they make a whole lot money, more money if they have all their kids vaccinated than if they don't. Kids get sick, couldn't possibly be the vaccines because they're safe and effective. Don't know what it is. Yeah, it just happened right after they got their shots, but that couldn't be anything to do with it. What kind of sense to make, does that make? But that's what people are doing. It's absolutely disgusting. And on top of that, you know, as a professing Christian, you got to ask yourself, should I do what God says or do what man says? I'll just look at Acts 5.29, came out straight as can be. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Hmm. Pretty straightforward there. And of course, uh, if you want any more thing, just look at the center of verse of the Bible, Psalms 118.8. Better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I don't think it's by accident that he put that verse right in the center of the Bible at all. But, um, yeah, it's a sad situation. People just go along with this stuff, don't ask questions, and allow everything to just kill people. And of course, now what do we have in the wake of uh, COVID, the so-called disease, you know, they keep it alive as best they can. They'll announce outbreaks here and there. They'll say there's a resurgence and we need to have bivalent shots every year now for flu and COVID and all this other garbage. And people are dying left and right. And I still can't, I turned off all the notifications and I'm still getting these beeps coming through. I don't know what is causing that.
just looking here to see if there's some kind of a sound effect thing that's uh hmm. nope well let's see if i can turn this sound up Can't turn the alert sound off. That's weird. Well, that's the one last thing I could turn off. We'll see if that helped. Um, and, but anyway, there's. It's just a sad situation. When you look at everything that's going on, you still have. Um, Tons and tons and tons of unexplained deaths. And now the numbers are in. They're numbers we've never seen before. In some cases, 60 fold. Or standard deviations, which is basically. Um, one standard deviation is basically the. Doubling of the death rate. So 60. 60 times what's normal, that's pretty wild. But places are starting to see those kind of numbers. And the medical community is noticing it. And they've totally ruled out the jabs. It can't possibly be the jabs because why? Well, everybody knows they're safe and effective. But they're at a total loss as to what is causing it. It's because they're ignoring the 800 pound gorilla in the room, which is the jabs. They are what's killing people, but they won't admit it. Can't possibly be those things because they're safe and effective. They will not get off that horse no matter what. So people are continuing to die. People are continuing to take the jabs, but luckily some, most people are, a lot of people are starting to wake up Good grief. I got to figure out what's causing that because I know if nothing else, the mic is picking it up and it's coming through continually. Well, next break in a few minutes, I'll dig through, dig some more. But uh, the other thing, you know, the thing that is, gets me is where do you put your faith? People that take jabs are doing so literally they are they are creating a new god. The god of allopathic medicine, however you want to put it. But but the Lord has told us in his word what to do, basically stay healthy. And Exodus twenty verse three says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. So by, and I'm talking to Christians here, not everybody else, but I'm talking to Christians. If you're a Christian, that means God is number one to you. And God has already told you what you need to do to stay healthy. And for whatever reason, you choose not to do that. And you choose to put your faith in man rather than God. and take man's jabs. What's that tell you? You're violating the first commandment. You're putting something else before the Lord. 
I'm not going to do that. That is a Christian conviction. And something else to keep in mind, although I've been all over the place and with the the last 15 or 16 uh, sessions doing this, if you are doing a religious exemption, If you're employed somewhere and your employer wants you to take these things and you truly have a Christian conviction against it, you've got to be very, very, very careful how you word your presentation to your employer. If you start talking about aborted fetal tissues and what's in the vaccines and stuff like that, you're asking for trouble. You know, I highly recommend going to Ellen, oops, sorry again, hit that thing again, Alan Phillips' website, and just to make sure I've got it right, vaccinerights.com, V-A-C-C-I-N-E-R-I-G-H-T-S.com, vaccinerights.com, and on the homepage, you know, at the very top, you'll see a, a scrolling thing. It says, you know, it's got pictures of different things. But then you've got the main menu, home, about product services, contact, disclaimer. And then below that is educational products, consulting, activism, presentations, and revised vaccine exemption ebook. Alan Phillips is the only person that's ever gone to law school for the sole purpose of dealing with vaccine rights cases. And he was so effective that the vaccine manufacturers kind of got together and set him up and got him disbarred. So he is still acting as a uh, consultant, but he is no longer an attorney. But he wrote his book, Vaccine Legal Exemptions, uh, and it's available as an ebook, and it's, I think it's about 25 bucks. But that's the book that I used to draft my wife's exemption in 2012, and it has stand stood rock solid uh, ever since. Never had a problem. And it's two things. It's proper wording and proper attitude. You have to you have to word it properly so you don't have all the landmines that uh, allow you to get shot down. And then the proper attitude is, I'm not asking, I'm telling. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, the federal law backs you up. As a Christian, you have every right to practice your religion and faith in the way you see fit, not the way a religious organization or church sees fit, but as the individual. The First Amendment protects individual rights, freedom of religion. And luckily, the courts and the law have gone along with that and seen and support that. And you have to put them on notice that this is your position, that you will not change, and it's not up for argument or discussion. It's not up to them to approve or deny. It's up to them to accept and make sure that you're accommodated. But uh, if you are doing an exemption, I highly recommend, it'll be probably the best 25 bucks you've ever spent, 
get Alan Phillips's uh, vaccine rights or legal exemption book and use that to, to draft your uh, exemption and you can you won't go wrong. So that's the main thing, but when you're drafting these things, it has to be all about your faith. Bible verses, you know, and that kind of thing. You know, the Bible clearly shows man how to stay healthy. You know, a Christian is expected, is, is supposed to be all about following the Lord and putting him first. You cannot put the Lord first by doing what man says. You know, if man's dictates go along with what God says, that's fine. But anytime they are, are they're in opposition, then Acts 5.29 kicks in, we ought to obey God rather than men. And during the COVID time, I don't think there's ever been a time where the situation has been more diametrically opposed. And that's it for now. We've got a break, top of the hour. We'll be back in three minutes with more Your DIY Health. Stick in, we'll be right back. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network and simulcasting on Spreaker, Jitsi, and Free Conference Call. And um, I think I pretty much covered things for the most part on the why I'm 100% anti-vax. So 15 and a half segments or shows, <laughs> not too shabby, 31 hours worth. And there could be more, but uh, and there's actually an article I'm going to cover here in a bit that uh, will be a part of that as well. But I wanted to shift gears and look at some of the things in the news. Now, if you remember right, um, what was it, uh, two days ago, August 6th, was the 78th anniversary, if I remember right, of the dropping of the first atomic bomb by Colonel Paul Tibbetts and the Enola Gay to basically start the end of World War II, uh, or so they thought. And then, of course, tomorrow is the 87th or 78th anniversary of the second bomb being dropped on Hiroshima, or excuse me, Nagasaki. The first one was Hiroshima on Sunday. And I've got an article here in uh, Health Impact News. Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs were needless, said top World War II's top U.S. military leaders. Hmm. And I've heard that over and over again, that uh, allegedly 
Japan had been trying to surrender unconditionally for like six months prior, but they had to drop the bomb. They just had to. Anyway, since World War II, no other nation on the planet has spent more money on their military and killed more innocent civilians than the United States of America. These weapons of war bring in huge financial profits to the globalists who use their puppet politicians and their control over the corporate media to spew their lies and propaganda to whip up the public into a constant fear over these alleged enemies of the American people. And it's still going on to this day. Look what we got going on with Ukraine and Russia right now. They have justified, they have to justify huge spending on weapons of mass destruction by programming the American public to be in a perpetual state of fear over these enemies. And the playbook changed dramatically in September of 2001. With the false flag attacks in New York that were blamed on Muslim terrorists, and this began new levels of surveillance and until that time unprecedented military spending on the war against terrorists which could then include pretty much any muslim country in the middle east which coincidentally happened to be rich in oil hmm. this war propaganda machine rolled out another new playbook for the central bankers and the rich billionaires of wall street and silicon valley in 2020 with the military operation led by Donald Trump. Hmm, the war against the unseen virus and the accompanying military operations dubbed Operation Warp Speed, that which then proceeded to kill and injure untold numbers through a new experimental injection, which they call vaccine in quotes, which may go down in history as the greatest weapon of mass destruction ever created. Probably so. And these perpetual wars and the huge military spending to keep the banks and billionaires solvent have not stopped. But were sw simply switched to the NATO operation in Ukraine in 2022. Reporter uh, Brian McGlinchey, uh, McGlinchey, I think it is, has just published an account or an excellent account of the bombing of the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki at the end of World War II that clearly show how the propaganda fed to the American public to justify killing hundreds of thousands of innocent Japanese people, the majority of whom were women, children, and the elderly, was opposed by the top mili American military leaders at that time. I am going to reproduce most of that excellent piece below. To understand how this age of warfare and enriching of the world's bankers and financiers came to be, one has to go back to the 18th century and the rise of the Rothschild family, the Satanic Jews, and Freemasonry. Understanding this part of history that is largely not told here in America and Western countries will also put the current conflict in Russia, Russia into its proper perspective. This history is beyond the scope of this article, so I'm just going to point, to the, point you to the links you can research and read for, your, read for yourself if you want to be truly informed and not the victim of American propaganda from the globalists. And I'm going to put this in all the chat rooms just so, oops, here we go. 
I got three chat rooms and the Telegram channel. Whoops, I just started <laughs> another program. Uh, good grief. What did I start up? Yeah, there we go. Close that. And Telegram. Make sure. Yep. Here we go. Sorry about that. Um, okay. Where was I? American propaganda from the Gorillas. Um, and you better download these links before they're scrubbed off the internet by Silicon Valley's AI chatbots. Uh, chat <laughs> Good point. Start by reading the just published two-part series by Sam Parker of Behind the News Network. And it's Russia and the Rothschilds Part 1 and Russia and the Rothschilds Part 2, which is probably a whole lot longer than we can afford to do for this show. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> Very extensive articles, but um, gives a lot of background and history. Anyway, then read my review of the part, uh, first part of the band film Europa, The Last Battle which gives the Russian perspective of World War II and the much overshadowed Christian Holocaust, which is usually referred to as the more politically correct term, the Holmador, Holdemore, excuse me, <laughs> uh, because of the satanic Jews will call anyone who dares use the term Holocaust outside their definition as an anti-Semite. Then we have documentary exposes the other Holocaust of Christians in the Russian in Russia at the hands of the Bolsheviks. Then if you're still interested in pursuing the truth about Russia, go read the 1986 book, The Best Enemy Money Can Buy by Anthony C. Sutton and learn how the communist forces of the Soviet Union could have easily been defeated if the American globalists were not funding them the entire time. And if you think things are far different today in the current NATO conflict against Russia, go read this report published in June of 2023. 81% of foreign components of Russian missiles are manufactured in the United States. Your Mac McFall group. <laughs> Imagine that. So if you want to shut down Russian missiles, shut down the manufacturing of the parts in the U.S. Imagine that. I do not agree with everything published in these links, but they do give you the other side of the American propaganda machine. I hate to be one of the one to burst your bubble, my fellow Americans, but our nation's leaders, which are not politicians, but the bankers and billionaires of Wall Street and Silicon Valley, are the bad guys and the terrorists, and have been since World War II and probably even before then. Judgment is coming home. And again... Back to the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings were needless, said World War II's top military leaders by Brian McGlinchey. Excerpts. The anniversaries of the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki present an opportunity to demolish the cornerstone myth of American history that those twin acts of mass civilian slaughter were necessary to bring about Japan's surrender and spare half a million U.S. soldiers who have otherwise died in the military conquest of the Empire's home islands. Those who attack this mythology are often reflexively dismissed as unpatriotic, ill-informed, or both. However, the most compelling witnesses against the conventional wisdom 
were patriots with a unique grasp on the state of affairs in August 1945, America's senior military leaders of World War II. And Mark is in the chat room, says, my favorite word to use to describe our government is fraud. Bingo. <laughs> Let's first hear what they had to say when and then examine the key facts that led them to their little publicized convictions. General Dwight Eisenhower, mm, Supreme Allied Commander, on learning of the planned bombings, I had been conscious of a feeling of depression and voiced to Secretary of War Stimson my grave misgivings, first on the basis of my belief that Japan was already defeated and that dropping the bomb was completely unnecessary, and secondly, because I thought that our country should avoid shocking world opinion by the use of a weapon whose employment was, I thought, no longer mandatory as a measure to save American lives. It was my belief that Japan was, at the very moment, seeking some way to surrender with a minimum loss of face. Admiral William Lehigh, or Leahy, I guess it is, Truman's chief of staff, the use of this barbarous weapon was of no material assistance in our war against Japan. The Japanese had already uh, were already defeated and ready to surrender because of the effective sea blockage and the successful bombing with conventional weapons. Major General Curtis LeMay, 21st Bomber Command, the war would have been over in two weeks without the Russians entering and without the atomic bomb. The atomic bomb had nothing to do with the end of the war at all. General Hap Arnold, U.S. Air Forces, Army Air Forces, I should say at that point, the Japanese position was hopeless even before the first atomic bomb fell because the Japanese had lost control of their own air. It always appeared to us that atomic bomb or no atomic bomb, the Japanese were already on the verge of collapse. Ralph Bard, U.S. Undersecretary of the Navy, the Japanese were ready for peace, and they already had approached the Russians and the Swiss. In my opinion, the Japanese war was really won before we ever used the atomic bomb. Brigadier General uh, Carter Clark, military intelligence officer, who prepared summaries of uh, intercepted cables for Truman when we didn't need to do it, and we um, and we knew we didn't need to do it. We used Hiroshima and Nagasaki as an experiment for two atomic bombs. Many other high-level military officers concurred. So, yeah, it was totally unnecessary, but we just had to do it because we wanted to try those things out on real populations. Fleet Admiral Chester Nimitz, Pacific Fleet Commander, the use of atomic bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki was of no material assistance in our war against Japan. The Japanese were already defeated and ready to surrender. Putting out uh, feelers through third-party diplomatic channels, the Japanese were seeking to end the war weeks before the atomic bombs uh, on August 6th and August 9th, 1945. Japan's Navy and Air Forces were decimated and its homeland subjected to a sea blockade and Allied bombing carried out against, uh, against little resistance. And, uh, <laughs> man, not looking good. Full of midget submarines, a dry dock in the port city of Kyuri, Japan, lies in ruins. And I've got a picture of it here, and it's uh, pretty much tiny. 
you know, these little bitty subs and the thing's just been decimated. The Americans knew of Japanese intent to surrender, having intercepted a July 12th cable from Japanese foreign minister Shignori Togo, um, informing Japanese ambassador to Russia, uh, Notake Sato, that um, we are now secretly giving consideration to the termination of the war because of the pressing situation which confronts Japan at both, both at home and abroad. Togo told Sato uh, to sound, to sound uh, Russian diplomat uh, Vasiliev Molotov uh, out on the extent to which it is possible to make use of Russia in ending the war. Togo initially told Sato to obscure Japan's interest in using Russia to end the war, but just hours later he withdrew that instruction saying it would be suitable to make clear to the Russians our general attitude on ending the war to include Japan's having absolutely no idea of annexing or holding the territories which she occupied during the war. And this is an actual, looks like a reproduction. We would like to know the views of the Russian government on this subject with all haste. Furthermore, the imperial court is tremendously interested in this matter, so please have an interview with Molotov, notwithstanding the fact that TV Sung may uh, still be in Moscow and Merrick Oops. Bearing the above facts in mind, attempt to sound out the Russians' views and reply at once. And this is an excerpt from the July 12, 1945, U.S. War Department summary of intercepted cables from Japan's foreign minister to his ambassador to the Soviet Union. Japan's central concern was the retention of its Emperor Hirohito, who was considered a demagogue. Even knowing this, and with many U.S. officials feeling the retention of the emperor uh, could help Japanese society through its post-war transition, the Truman administration continued issuing, issuing demands for unconditional surrender, offering no, insure, no assurance that the emperor would be spared humiliation or worse. In a July 2nd memorandum, the Secretary of War Stimson drafted uh, terms of surrender proclamation to be issued at the conclusion of that month's Potsdam conference. And he advised Truman that if we should add, uh, if we should add that we do not exclude a constitutional monarchy under her present dynasty, which would substantially add to the chances of acceptance. Truman and Secretary of State James Burns however, continued rejecting recommendations to give assurances about the emperor. The final Potsdam de Declaration issued on July 26 admitted Stimson's recommended language sternly declaring, following our, on our terms, we will not deviate from them. One of those terms could reasonably be interpreted as jeopardizing the emperor. There must be eliminated for all time the authority and influence of those who have uh, deceived and misled the people of Japan into embarking on world conquest. At the same time, the United States was preparing to deploy its formidable new weapons. The Soviet Union was moving armies from the east front to the northeast uh, Asia. In May, Stalin told, told the U.S. ambassador that Soviet forces should be positioned to attack the Japanese in Manchuria by July 8th. In July, Truman predicted that uh, the impact of the Soviets opening a new front in a uh, diary entry 
made during the Potsdam Conference. He wrote that Stalin assured him he'll be in a Jap war on August 15th. Finney, Japs, when that comes about. Hmm. Right on Stalin's original schedule, the Soviet Union declared war on Japan two days after the August 6th bombing of Hiroshima. That same day, August 8th, which was 78 years ago today, Emperor Hirohito told the country's civilian leaders that he still wanted to pursue a negotiated surrender that would preserve his reign. On August 9th, Soviet attacks uh, commenced on three fronts. News of Stalin's invasion of Manchuria prompted Hirohito to call a meeting to discuss surrender at 10 a.m. one hour before the strike on Nagasaki. The following uh, surrender decision came on August 10th. And here's a picture, three-year-old Sinichi Tetsutani burned as he was riding his tricycle when the atomic bomb hit Hiroshima, died a painful death that night. Yeah, and this little tricycle is pretty much cooked. The Soviet timeline makes the atomic bombings all the more troubling. One would think a U.S. government that's appropriately hesitant to incinerate and irradiate hundreds of thousands of civilians would want to first see how a Soviet declaration of war affected uh, Japan's calculus. As it turns out, the Japanese surrender indeed appears to have been prompted by the Soviet entry into the war on Japan, not by the atomic bombs. The Japanese leadership never had photo or video evidence of the atomic blast and considered the destruction of Hiroshima to be similar to the dozens of conventional strikes Japan had already suffered, wrote Josiah Lippincott at the American Conservative. Sadly, the evidence points to a U.S. government determination to drop atomic bombs on Japanese cities as an end in itself, to such an extent that it not only ignored Japan's interest in surrender, but worked to ensure that surrender was delayed until upwards of 210,000 people, disproportionately women, children, and elderly, were killed in the two cities. Make no mistake, this was a deliberate targeting of civilian populations. Hiroshima and Nagasaki were chosen because they were pristine and could thus fully showcase the bomb's power. Hiroshima was the home to a small military headquarters, but the fact that both cities had gone untouched by a strategic bombing campaign that began 14 months earlier certifies their military and industrial significance. And they show a photograph, um, downtown shopping district near the center of town, only rubble and a few utility poles remained after the explosion and the resultant fires. This street was uh, equivalent to the very famous Tokyo Ginza photo was taken facing east and uh, actually it looks just fine to me <laughs> the Japanese were ready to surrender and it wasn't necessary to hit them with that awful thing Eisenhower would later say I hated to see our country be the first to use such a weapon according to his pilot General Douglas MacArthur commander of the U.S. Army Forces Pacific was appalled and depressed, uh, depressed by this Frankenstein monster. When I asked General MacArthur about his decision to drop the bomb, wrote journalist uh, Norman Cousins, 
I was surprised to learn he had not even been consulted. He saw no military justification for dropping uh, for the dropping of the bomb. The war might have ended weeks earlier, he said, if the United States had agreed, as it later did anyway, to the retention of the institution of the emperor. What then was the purpose of devastating Hiroshima and Nagasaki with atomic bombs? A key insight comes from Manhattan Project physicist Leo Zillard. In 1945, Zillard organized a petition signed by 70 Manhattan Project scientists urging Truman not to use the atomic bombs against Japan without first giving the country a chance to surrender on terms that were made public. In May 1945, Zillard met with Secretary of State Burns to urge atomic restraint. Burns wasn't receptive to the plea. Zillard, the scientist who drafted the pivotal 1939 letter from Albert Einstein during urging FDR to develop an atomic bomb, recounted. Burns was, re, uh, was concerned about Russia's post-war behavior. Russian troops had moved into Hungary and Romania, and Burns uh, thought it would be very difficult to persuade Russian, Russia to re withdraw our troops from these countries that Russia might be more manageable if impressed by American military might, and that the, a demonstration of the bomb might impress Russia. And here's a picture burned to impress Stalin, a victim of U.S. atomic bombing of Hiroshima. Good grief. And this person is just crispy crittered. Whether the atomic bomb's audience was in Tokyo or Moscow, some in the military establishment championed alternative ways to demonstrate its power. Louis Strauss, special assistant to the uh, Navy uh, secretary, said he proposed that the weapon should be demonstrated over a large forest of uh, cryptomeria trees not far from Tokyo. Uh, the cryptomeria tree is the Japanese version of our redwood. It would lay the trees out in windows um, from the center of the explosion in all directions as though they were matchsticks. And, of course, set them afire in the center. It seemed to me that a demonstration of this sort would prove to the Japanese that we could destroy any of their cities at will. Strauss and Navy Secretary Forrestal agreed wholeheartedly, but Truman ultimately decided an optional or an optimal demonstration requiring burning hundreds of thousands of non-combatants and laying waste to their cities. The buck stops here, there. Yowzer. And that's the end of the article, but uh, pretty sad. And there's plenty of indication that the Japanese were ready to give up. Totally unnecessary. And again, hundreds of thousands of people died when they didn't need to. Sad, sad, sad situation. And of course, back then, people were still upset about the uh, sneak attack on Pearl Harbor. But again, you know, it's like 100 times worse. And the attack on Pearl Harbor dealt, you know, killed military personnel primarily, was not directed against that would be like the uh, the bombers from uh, Pearl Harbor not attacking Pearl Harbor, but going, you know, right down the street to downtown uh, Honolulu and just blowing up all the uh, hotels and beaches and everything else that people were at. 
Anyway, that's it for this uh, segment. We'll be back in three minutes with more of your DIY help. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Cancer research, the biggest revenue. They make all those billions land of me and you. The same folks that brought you this toxic sewer are now going to bring us all a cure. Somehow I just don't think so. Now the IRS gets billions from people like you and me. Then Medicare pumps it back to the drug lords, don't you see? And we're back with the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. And... Um, Going to go to the news, and uh, lo and behold, it's right back here to vaccines again. This one, uh, vaccine cost lives, child mortality is higher in developed nations that require more vaccines. New study, imagine that. And that's dated uh, yesterday, August 8th or August 7th, 2023, by Lance Johnson. If vaccines save millions of lives and increase the human lifespan, which they don't, then the nations with superior healthcare systems and the most rigorous vaccine schedules should have the lowest mortality rates for every age group, especially for children and babies. However, a new peer-reviewed study published in the uh, Serious Journal of Medical Science finds that child mortality is higher in developed nations that require more neonatal vaccine doses. What is causing the most vaccinated populations to suffer the most? Their children dying way faster and in greater numbers. Childhood vaccine schedule is not saving more children's lives. It's costing more lives. And again, I guarantee you that every kid in the cancer centers in these hospitals fully vaccinated. Imagine that. In the U.S. Center for Disease Control, um, in the U.S., the Centers for Disease Control and the American Academy of Pediatrics recommend 26 doses of vaccine before a child reaches their first birthday. 26 doses before age one. The hepatitis B vaccine is practically forced onto babies on their first day of life without even a risk-benefit analysis for each individual case. The COVID-19 mRNA jab is also now recommended at this fragile age. As a whole, this rigorous childhood vaccine schedule has not been studied for safety, cumulative toxicity, or for potentially damaging the innate immune function of an underdeveloped infant. These vaccines are routinely administered during several so-called well baby checkups and have become the driving revenue force keeping pediatricians offices open and in business. Yeah, imagine if parents didn't do well baby checkups, but only took the baby to the doctor if and when they became ill. Those guys that go out of business. Because if they're not getting the jabs, they're not going to get sick <laughs> for the most part. Health authorities emphasize that vaccines save lives. <laughs> Lead author Neil Miller told the Defender. Yet our data suggests that when developed nations require two versus zero neonatal, neonatal vaccine doses or many versus fewer vaccines during infancy, 
there may be unintended consequences that increase all-cause mortality. This isn't the first time that Neil Miller saw his uh, troubling trend in the mortality data. In 2011, he and Gary S. Goldman, Ph.D., found that infant mortality rates regressed against number of vaccine doses routinely given. Despite having one of the most robust vaccine schedules for infants under the age of one, the United States ranked in infant, lower in infant mortality rate than 33 other nations that administer fewer vaccines to infants. Infants have a much lower blood volume and weight, are just beginning to develop an immune system and are therefore more susceptible to the adjuvants, antibiotics, and other toxins in these vaccines. Increase in childhood vaccines right after birth increases infant mortality rates. In Miller and Goldberg's or Goldman's latest study, which includes expanded data analyses on specific vaccines, those same results were replicated. One part of the study measured the effects of the hepatitis B and tuberculosis vaccines on mortality rates for babies up to 28 days post-birth. The study also calculated the effect these shots have on children up to one year old and for children under five. The mortality data and the vaccine schedules were obtained from official sources, national government, UNICEF, and the World Health Organization. The study categorized nations by the number of neonatal vaccine doses administered, one, two, or three, and then looked into the mortality rates for all three age groups. After analyzing the data, Miller found a strong association between the vaccinations and higher infant mortality rates for all three age groups across both years studied, 2019 and 2021. In these circumstances, health authorities expect to see negative correlations, that is, a decline in mortality with more vaccine doses. So any statistically significant positive correlation is a genuine concern, Miller said. Nations that required two vaccines right after birth saw a significant increase in infant mortality, positive plus 1.28 per 1,000 live births, compared to nations that did not administer vaccines right after birth. Infant mortality rates increased by one child per 1,000 1, live births for each increase of six vaccine doses administered in the first year of life. Our findings would be considered moderate correlations, which are statistically significant, Miller said. There is no official cause of death classification system for infants who may be injured by vaccines. Coroners misclassify neonatal fatalities under alternative cause of death classifications, such as sudden infant death syndrome. In a previous study published in Toxicology Reports, Miller found that most cases of SIDS, 75%, are reported within seven days after vaccination. Imagine that. What might be happening before the vaccine or in between the shots that increases the infant's chance of dying. Do the vaccines cause cumulative toxicity and sudden and unpredictable changes to the baby's immune system that make them more susceptible to suffocation, severe disease, respiratory or cardiac failure? Miller's study should ring an alarm bell for scientists and parents everywhere and pave the way for more investigation research, investigative research into the mechanism of vaccines and why the mortality rate increases 
in the vaccinated child populations. It should, but will it? Don't hold your breath. And I put links to that in the chat rooms and on the Telegram channel. And let's see here. See what else is in the news. Medical organizations slam the Supreme Court in the United States for rejecting affirmative action because they don't want Asians to become doctors. Good grief. Quite honestly, I don't want Asians to become doctors either. I think they should become naturopaths or homeopaths or uh, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, but don't become MDs. Good grief. We got way too many of them suckers as it is. Humans beware, mad scientists discover that human DNA can be controlled with electrical signals from wearable devices. Uh, let's see here. Patients left blind after using Sifovir, I think it is, an FDA-approved drug for vision loss. <laughs> well, I guess it's approved by the FDA to apparently cause vision loss, not prevent it. In an ironic twist, the drug called Sifovir, I think it is, which was approved as the first breakthrough treatment for a leading cause of blindness, has left where to go? Several patients without vision. This has raised legitimate concerns of the drug safety profile. <laughs> you think? Last February, the Food and Drug Administration granted approval for Sifovir, a pegcetacoprolan injection. Sifovir uh, can allegedly treat geographic atrophy, an advanced form of dry age-related macular degeneration. <laughs> that leads to blindness. Well, guess what? All you got to do is give your body the 90 essential nutrients with extra selenium. And if you want really to boost things through in the use of a um, Itericare device on a daily basis, and you'll help your body in many, many ways, plus get rid of MD. Imagine that. And we've been doing it for years. Sifovir was initially hailed as a breakthrough in protecting against geographic atrophy, a pre previously untreatable condition affecting at least one in 100 Americans older than 50. Oh, good grief. Yeah, the problem is, is the thing that these people all have in common is they all have hooked their, their cart to the allopathic horse. And when you do that, you're asking for trouble. Big time. I'm not going to keep going, but basically... Um, <laughs> according uh, to prescribing information, common adverse reactions to Sifovir include conjunctival hemorrhage or bleeding in the eyes, ocular discomfort, <laughs> uh, neovascular age-related macular degeneration or wet AMD, and vitreous floaters. Goody. I got rid of all my floaters in the eyes with the nutrition very quickly within 30 days or so back in 2012. And I don't like those things. They're very annoying. But people that keep going along with these things, you know, stay away from allopathic medicine. Trouble brewing. An unlicensed Chinese lab in California was stockpiling extremely hazardous materials. Oh, goody. 
CBP seizes four tons of cocaine and narco sub off southwest Mexico coast. Hmm. Four tons of cocaine, a little sub. <laughs> well, those people can afford just about any kind of transportation method they want. Debanking spree. UK, UK banks are closing more than a thousand accounts a day with little explanation. And then, of course, the Austrian chancellor proposes enshrining the right to use cash in the country's constitution. Hmm. Good for them. OPEC's crude production drops to its lowest level in three years as Saudi Arabia continues to throttle oil production. Alaska Task Force recommends $67 million worth of local measures to avert looming food shortage. Bud Light's parent company loses $390 million after Dylan Mulvaney ad controversy. $390 million. That's a good start. The fix is in. Joe Biden sits on the beach, has no plans to hold campaign events, is not spending campaign, campaign money, holds few fundraisers, has crappy poll numbers. The worst record in history was caught in a massive bribery scandal, and the Democrats aren't worried. <laughs> Because they're going to steal the election again, apparently. Crime and homelessness in Portland have cost Oregon over a billion dollars as residents flee. I would hate to have been living in Washington or Oregon or California when all this stuff started. Two-tier justice system. Stuart Rhodes stood outside U.S. Capitol on January 6th, get 18 years in prison. Leftist Patricia Uguino stood outside U.S. Capitol on January 6th, gets elected commissioner. (laughs) There you go. Hilarious. PBS rolls out climate psychology therapist for Armageddon Copen session. Oh, good grief. Climate psychologist for a non-existent problem. All in their heads. Climate alarmism deemed real mental disorder. Wall Street Journal. Good grief. Chinese ambassador to Russia claims peace with Ukraine is impossible if NATO continues expansion plans. You think? YouTube takes down video about free speech lawsuit against Biden claiming it promotes medical misinformation. (laughs) Hiding in plain sight, Bronx, anti-gun activists nabbed for illegal drugs and firearms. Well, isn't that special? Top most five or top five most likely events the Democrats will stage or invoke to cheat for another four years while running the show from Washington, D.C. Good grief. Now, just for the fun of it, let's see what they have to say about that. As resident Biden's mental and physical health declines rapidly, the demon rats are using the mass media complex to hide it the best they can. But their time is running out quickly. In fact, President Biden may not even be able to con- a viable candidate for POTUS in the next few months, as he so often forgets where he is, who he is, how to walk, 
how to keep his hands and nose off other people's children, and how to avoid saying the quiet part out loud. This means Biden must be replaced and soon before he gets impeached, dies or screws up on camera to the extent that it cannot be covered up by the fake news. Replacing three CPO Biden will not be a difficult task. Replacing uh, C-3PO Biden will not be a difficult task since he only serves as a puppet frontman for Obama, Soros, and the Chinese Communist Party. Any yes man or yes woman or even yes tranny will suffice as the new puppet in chief of the USA. But other key factors must be put in place because the POTUS election and many swing state elections for congressional seats will also be key for the CCP Democrats to keep their stolen seats. If World War III kicks into high gear, the demon rats will be able to postpone the elections indefinitely, proclaiming it's not safe to go through, uh, not safe to go, excuse me, to the polling places like they did with the Fauci flu pandemic. Oh, boy. Good grief. If the electricity and internet are completely wiped out of service due to some electromagnetic explosion in space that wipes out the satellites or blocks their service for months or years on end, that would also keep the demon rats in control during the complete mayhem, mass rioting, mass looting, and mass crime in all major cities just the way they like it. If the number one contender, Donald J. Trump, is sent to prison before the election, that may be enough to secure a new puppet-in-chief on the Demo- of the Democrats' choosing. After all, the demon rats do not want the January Sixers to be released from prison, as this is their main scare tactic to keep the conservative Americans from rebelling during future demon rat-controlled election fraud. Currently, Fraudulent Fauci and genocide Bill Gates are cur- are working very hard to fund new pandemics spread by fake lab or lab leaks and uh, chemtrails, mosquitoes, vaccines, or vax patches, all of or all of the above. This will enable everyone who is on mandatory lockdown to vote from home and mail in their ballots, which will be mixed into boxes of falsified ballots from Communist China by the tens of millions, just like in 2020. Combine this with more flipping of thousands of votes in swing states by the Pelosi-funded Dominion voting machines, and you've got another stolen election brought to you by the insidious globalist Big Pharma and the military-industrial complex. Just what we need. (laughs) Man. Oh, boy. Top five most likely events the demon rats must stage or invoke to continue the communist overthrow of the U.S. government for another four years. Number one, Biden will have a health catastrophe so they can run someone else like Gavin Newsom. Number two, some massive attack will be staged or happen that resembles World War III so the POTUS election can be indefinitely delayed. Number three, an EMP explosion or similar event will take down the internet and banking system before the election. Number four, Trump will be unjustifiably jailed and unable to run for president. Number five, 
there will be a new virus or disease unleashed that's even worse than COVID-19. Well, it wouldn't be hard. Common cold was worse than COVID-19. So the demon rats can use tens of millions of fake mail-in ballots again, combined with the cheating machines. Yeah, they just used the ones they didn't use the last time, probably. Bookmark censored.news to your favorite websites for traffic or truth news that's being censored from the rest of the media as you read this. Bingo. Yowza, yowza. Yep. It's coming. Crazy as it is. Uh, Biden setting stage for second round of medical martial law. LeBron James, 18-year-old son, suffers from suffers heart attack during practice at USC. Elon Musk suggests COVID jabs are responsible. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Let's see here. While working out at the University of Southern California this week, Bronny James, the son of basketball icon LeBron James, suffered cardiac arrest and collapsed with James family the James family has confirmed James suddenly suffered a heart attack while practicing reports indicate and that kid's what probably 20 you know 19 20 years old and he has a heart attack and now the mainstreaming oh yeah those happen all the time that's a standard thing and people his age <laughs> yeah right not until the covid jabs were rolled out Okay, anyway, um, he is now in stable condition, no longer in the ICU, reads a follow-up statement from the James family. We ask for respect and all that good stuff. Remember when LeBron uh, determined COVID jabs to be the best suited or not uh, for not only me, but for my family and friends? <laughs> Seems obvious, at least to Elon Musk and millions of Americans, that Bronny James more than likely succumbed to a devastating heart impact of Wuhan coronavirus injections, which were fast-tracked onto the market by DJD or Donald John Trump via Operation Warp Speed. Back in the fall of 2021, LeBron James actually gave a public statement endorsing COVID jabs, telling reporters that after doing my research and things of that nature, <laughs> in other words, listening to his handlers that are writing him checks, I felt like it was best suited not only for me, but for my family and my friends. Oh, so he gets to make decisions for his friends, too. <laughs> Watch below video of LeBron James telling the world that he and his family got injected for the Fauci flu. And here it is. Uh, let's turn on the streaming. Oops. Sorry about that. Hit the wrong thing. Yeah, we'll get there. Come on. Okay. Um, bingo. Here we go. I know. Um, that I was very skeptical uh, about it all. Um, but after doing my research and things of that nature, I felt like it was best suited for not only me, but for my family and my, for my friends. And, uh, you know, and that's why I decided to do it. Let's play that again. I know um, that I was very skeptical uh, about it all. Um, but after doing my research and things of that nature, I felt like it was best suited for not only me, but for my family and my, for my friends. And, uh, you know, and that's why I decided to do it. I was very skepticism. Now, there's a interesting choice of words. And uh, 
doing all my research and things of that nature. In other words, how much, how much am I going to make if I tell the truth versus how much am I going to make if I put these things out there? You can bet that he got a pretty sizable check for endorsing the jabs. I would almost bet. On X, formerly known as Twitter, Musk said straight out that Bronny James suffered a COVID jab-induced cardiovascular event that was so serious that he had to receive emergency care and an intensive care unit in order to save his life. Pretty accurate to me. We cannot ascribe everything to the vaccine, but in by the same token, we cannot ascribe nothing, Musk said. Myocarditis is a known side effect. The only question is whether or whether it is rare or common. Well, it was rare, but now it's common. The only difference being whether you've had the jab or not. Naturally, the James family remains completely silent, completely silent about any um, possible link between Bronnie's cardiac event and his having gotten injected for COVID. They are instead asking for respect and privacy concerning this matter. Medical establishments made it clear that there will never be any honest inquiries into the unsafety and ineffectiveness of COVID injections, nor were any long-term studies conducted on them at the time when Operation Warp Speed was launched. There has never been a coronavirus vaccine that passed animal testing, whether it was for SARS, MERS, or RSV. One commenter added to the conversation, all attempts at creating coronavirus vaccine failed animal testing due to antibody-dependent enhancement in the test animals. The vaccine enhanced the effects of the virus rather than preventing infection or mitigating symptoms. This was known on day one. It's actually known before day one. In addition, it's an mRNA vaccine, meaning the things instructs one's own body to manufacture the virus spike protein like a factory, which is obscene and clearly less desirable than just getting infected and getting it over with. But the vaccine got both. Became spike protein factories and got COVID. Many, if not most, repeatedly. COVID jab holocaust has only just begun. Learn more at chemicalviolence.com. And that's it. We're done for today. Take care of your bodies. It's the only place you have to live. We'll see you on Thursday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Take care. God bless.